Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today we're talking about the evolution of K-pop merch in many forms, and I hope it's interesting and filled with facts for long-term K-pop fans too. So I will kind of summarize quickly some basic definitions as I go, photocards, lightsticks, etc., but I am going to operate under the assumption you already know what those terms are, so this episode will hopefully still be very interesting to you. Let's just jump right in. We, of course, first have to talk about one of the most significant components of K-pop merch history, light sticks. Basically the Chanel version of a Walmart glow stick. They're like glow sticks, they light up, but they are one trillion times cooler than a real glow stick. What you might hear at concerts for non-K-pop acts is that they have light sticks available. They're probably talking about glow sticks. These are a different class, all their own, very personalizable, and very specific to each fandom identity. Color, symbolism, the size and shape, all of it relates back to that artist's fandom name, official colors, and overall identity slogans, the essence of the group in a visual form, a tangible one. People want these light sticks not just, of course, to hold up at concerts, but because they have this Bluetooth connectivity, so you are a part of a big ocean. Purple ocean, green ocean, etc. People are including you in part of a a very special FOMO-inducing powerful experience where you are a part of this big light show, basically, that has that tech that changes the color of your light stick without you doing anything. It does the work for you as the show unfolds. So new versions of the light stick come out for different concert tours, inviting you to be a part of the participatory experience. So they're a status symbol, they're key for concerts, and feeling like you're part of a a big community. They also are great for personal touches, if you want to cover them in rhinestones, stickers, charms, whatever. They can also just be a personal mood booster. You could hold it like your trophy, your badge of honor for your fandom status, and therapeutically just kind of watch the colors change. It's really a mood booster if you just let it change color. You don't need to actually be at a concert using the Bluetooth tech to use your light stick. You can also feel connected virtually too. Like BTS has had online shows where they still had your light stick connectivity element. So you felt really connected to people watching on screens from all over the world. It's a really cool unifying symbol. The first generation of K-pop also really prioritized that group identity in expressing it really loud and proud, but in different ways. So they had colored raincoats, colored paper, colored balloons, They chose a way to represent their official fan color artist identity in a different way. So group colors, yes, were an official part of K-pop group identities before light sticks became a part of expanding on that meaning. When light sticks started, you could only buy them at the show, adding to the FOMO even more. So they weren't just for a fun mood boost outside of the show too, it was just for that one singular experience. The first company to mass produce these light sticks, YG Entertainment. Thought to have started the light stick trend was G-Dragon and Big Bang. They had the Bang Bon, Bon meaning stick in Korean, in the mid-2000s. So first gen, different ways to show group solidarity. G-Dragon and Big Bang launched the Bang Bon, YG Entertainment mass produced it. Big Bang actually has done quite a few firsts. You could also argue they helped popularize the trend of using mini albums instead of just singles or just full-length albums. Series of mini EPs. Big Bang was a big early starter in that trend. 
New variations came out over time, from keyring versions to other mini versions, because after all, an official full-size light stick is often in the $40 to $60 range. Also, what came about later is the option to buy a fan sling, which honestly sounds really useful, but I don't know if that's caught on. I really haven't seen many fan slings, those straps you attach to your light stick so it doesn't go flying. I have not seen those catch on like practically you would assume they would. People have gotten super creative with their light stick designs, and I want to recap with you some of the most clever or just pretty, impressive, wonderful light stick designs K-pop groups have ever had. Some have to do with an animal logo, a group mascot basically, New Jeans Bunny, the head of it, and Mix's Whale, Vivi's Butterfly, A-Pink's Panda Bear, Got7's Baby Bird, Unique had a unicorn head. There are other symbols that represent the whole group concept, like Stray Kids with the compass, Weki Meki with a key, Rocket Punch with a mini rocket, super cute. Some focus on the actual letters that spell out the group name. TXT is one like that, where the T's and X kind of cross over each other. There are flowers, moons, G-Idol has a castle image, Yoon has a pretty music note themed one, Luna has this gorgeous gold crown, B1A4 had one that looked like a little alien head, <laughs> B-I has a really pretty one with a bunch of rainbow colors. Vix did something different pre-2016 where you could buy six of them, if you had the money I guess, buy six of the Vix ones and you could form like a full star with the light sticks. Some up for creativity of the actual what's inside the light stick, which almost looks like a snow globe on top in a little see-through ball. Others got more creative with the actual outer shape, like Blackpink with the heart hammer, as you could call it. That megaphone from the boys. Epex's looks like a telescope. DKZ's is a weird shape. I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to look it up. DKZ's is like, I don't even know what it's like. It's like holding a handlebar of a car, like the side piece of a car or something. I don't know. Day 6 actually opted for a light band, so it's like a wristwatch. And Itzy opted for a light ring, so it looks like a light stick kind of, but also a light ring as in like a filming TikTok ready vanity mirror lining ring. My personal favorites, I find the cutest slash just most aesthetically pleasing. B.I.'s rainbow one, the black pink heart hammer, Luna's gold crown, Rocket Punch's cute rocket, and Momoland's that kind of looks like the outside of a carousel, a merry-go-round. One of the more out there ones I will tip my hat to also is Mama Moo's because it looks like a radish. Moo in Korean sounds similar to the word for radish, so that's why they have a vegetable themed one. Other creativity props go to Omega X because they have like a strip of removable pictures in theirs. So you could take it out and put it in like a photo card book or leave them there. My ultimate favorite though has got to be Seventeen's Diamond. Really, really, really pretty. And of course, their signature colors, Rose Quartz and Serenity, are stunning as well. Made sure that this light stick would be just pretty in every form. I must admit, another favorite of mine has one of my least favorite light sticks. NCT. I'm sorry, theirs looks like a cheap block of green, light bright material. Like the factory got rid of the extra light bright material and turned it into the form of letters. I also don't like the wavy separate light stick because I don't want separate subunit light sticks. 
both for budgetary reasons, I don't want multiples just to show love to a full group, but also that kind of goes against the essence of a light stick. It's a unifying thing, regardless of what sub part of a group you are cheering on. Actually, I saw a lot of NCT light sticks at ESPA's concert, which was surprising. Anyone else notice that? Or was that just Chicago? I do love the beautiful look of BTS Purple Oceans at their concerts, but it is one of the more tricky ones to bring to a show. It's not as fun to carry because if you tell security you have the army bomb, as it's called, you'll have some explaining to do. Do other Asian pop groups use light sticks? Some fans have kind of taken it upon themselves to kind of make that happen in a makeshift way. Officially, there are some who do. The J-pop group Niju, basically who were created under JYP Entertainment and the K-pop model. But then you have like P-pop group SB19. So yeah, some of them do. But more often you'll just see them put up unified front at shows differently like with glow sticks. Fans have really come together in some really interesting ways to give their light stick showcase extra meaning. There was this time in 2015 when EXO fans got together and planned to spell out EXO We Are One in this venue. Across the whole venue, that's what it spelled out. Super cool. There was also the time TVXQ fans bought a ton of connectors, so the light sticks turned into even bigger showcases. Then there was the legendary time in 2017 when Shiny went to Canada. And the Shiny fans, they were disappointed the promoters waited till the last minute to be able to confirm if Lightsticks would even be sold at the actual venue on show day. So to make sure they could be rest assured, they would have Lightsticks in some capacity. A bunch of Japanese fans shipped their Lightsticks to Canada to make sure fans could have something. Because actually in Japan, you can often get a free Lightstick with your ticket order. And that was the case then. So Canada got the complimentary Japanese light sticks. And actually some K-pop groups do have a totally different light stick for the Japanese promo. As they often do with everything else. I mean, TVXQ, they really have different marketing. They go by a different name entirely in Japan. So lots of cool examples of light sticks being used for a cool, positive experience. But they've also been used as a form of protest in what's called the Black Ocean when people's light sticks intentionally go dark. They're turned off to make a point. Being the sociology nerd I am, it really interests me the different ways fans have argued this was necessary, because they've been opposites. Some have argued, we need a black ocean to protest the inclusion of a group that doesn't deserve to be here. Like Seventeen even in the really early rookie days at award shows like the 2015 Mamas, it was like, what are you doing here? Underdog status was not praised. Everyone loves an underdog. In K-pop, not so much. And younger groups were like, get back to your place, what are you doing here? But there have also been oceans for groups that were viewed as getting too big. Like Twice was apparently getting too big for fans liking, so they had a black ocean at one point. Sometimes it has more to do with personal news or business decisions. Chen got a black ocean in this SM Town live show. News had come out about his personal life, marriage and a kid. Fans were disappointed with Rain at this year's KCON, arguing he shouldn't be promoting himself at KCON while leaving kind of to fend for themselves his new rookie group Cypher. And then fans brought up past instances where they thought he kind of took people under his wing only to kind of abandon them. 
there was Girls' Generation. They had like a 10-minute blackout for the Dream concert back in 2008. Tiara has had a ton of them compared to other groups. So some groups have had quite a rough go of it with the Black Ocean, and it seems pretty hard to prevent, because you never know what will cause fans to be disappointed with you and decide this is the right form to channel that disappointment into, to get your attention. Now let's move on and talk a bit about the history of photo cards, our precious cards. Those who don't know about K-pop photo card culture, A, don't know how serious it is, B, misuse the term trading cards. Trading cards for K-pop fans are more the group-wide ones, unit pictures, non-individuals. The real, real photo cards, the cream of the crop, are the bias-specific ones. When you could get your group bias individually on your card. Those are so coveted. All sorts of times people will have BNS events, buy and sell events, meetups to trade, because you don't know what card you're going to pull from the album until you buy the album. There are certain bias-specific album copies overall you could get, but more often than not, people get a random album and just hope and pray their biases photo card is in there. Really an extra struggle for people like me, whose favorite groups have so many members, because your odds of getting your bias are much lower. But then again, you have a fun excuse to go to trading events. Then there are Lomo cards, L-O-M-O, the unofficial fan-made ones, and all of them can go in your special photo card ready binders. The first photo cards in your album started with Girls' Generation during their O era back in 2010. Although actually SM Entertainment did have Japan photo cards, photo cards in Japan for TVXQ's promo back in 2007, but that was treated as a separate thing, like I said before. In K-pop specifically, not a J-pop release, K-pop from K-pop, that was with Girls' Generation. So we have to thank SM Entertainment for photo cards and thank YG for light sticks. Now let's talk about photo books. This is one of the biggest differences between J-pop and K-pop merch. With K-pop, it's pretty much a given. You don't just get an album with a photo card and other goodies like posters. You also get a photo book that the CD often comes in, like a back sleeve of or a front sleeve. But your CD case doubles as the book of photos for that promotional era. It's really cool. It's a smart way to make sure people buy the album because it has this bonus with your purchase. With J-pop, the photo books are often sold separately. They're very popular when they come out, but they're not sold with your CD. But that may not seem like an issue because Japan has still kind of prioritized physical discs over streaming more than other countries. So it's not just like it's irrelevant to buy CDs anymore there the way other countries might see it. They don't as much need an incentive to go out and still buy a physical album. Now sometimes there is a photo book maybe with your album. If you want a package deal in J-pop, your best bet is probably an LDH artist. Affiliated with the company LDH, when a special edition comes out, they'll give you bonus goodies. But without a special edition like that, often that's not really a focus. As I talked about in my BTS book recap two-part special episode, BTS really took a chance when they released a photo book for the Wings era. That concept book was not in style at the time. First of all, it required trust that you would get enough purchasers to outweigh the expenses. It was way pricier to have a a big photo book photo shoot and prepare that behind-the-scenes content than just a traditional photo shoot for the era. 
So the price of printing and filming for these books, significant especially for a then underdog company. It was a marketing risk that paid off. It also was kind of risky because it was kind of vulnerable for the time. It came out at the time of BTS with a docuseries and changing up their name to also refer to Beyond the Scene at a time of brand reinvention for them to take this chance at the same time as other chances was a pretty bold move that clearly paid off. Let's talk about the album packages themselves because the packaging over time has been pretty cool and creative. Although many give props to G-Dragon for being innovative and releasing one of his albums on a USB stick, that format wasn't new. Actually, before G-Dragon, others had done that, most notably the rock artist Kim Jae-hoon. I'm not surprised the USB format kind of fell out of favor because quantifying those releases and considering eligibility for album charts, that was kind of weird. What doesn't really count as an album, there's no real album version, it's just like a flash drive. Felt unofficial. So the USB stick interest was in the 2012-ish time. Then years later, 2017, 2018-ish, the Kino albums had a significant presence. Kind of like a flash drive, but more like a small square key ring. There were versions with like a, an aux cord, but the audio jack eventually was replaced with this Bluetooth tech. Those albums were a way to get downloaded into your iTunes library or whatever, the digital version of the physical album you bought. These kind of fell out of favor, not so much with album chart qualification concerns as supply chain concerns, because internal batteries for these devices were not always easily legal to ship. The approval for shipping certain batteries was, it was a logistical wreck for overseas orders. Then there was the S Mini Tech. The small cardboard CD that comes with a memory chip. So certain phones download the app and access the music that way. Which some video game merch actually has the option of too. Not just K-pop or music. I have 8 picks for the best slash most clever album packaging ever. In no particular order. First I have to talk about my faves, 17. With Face the Sun, you could get a bias-specific version with a mini binder and photo cards to put in it just for that member. Really, really fun. Semicolon copies came with a mini weaving kit. So that album's theme of pausing, taking a break, came with a kit to help you do just that. It was a nice little self-care idea. Hangaray came with, like, a DIY format. So you got the pages for your photo book and lyric pages and stuff, but you had to kind of tie the hole-punched pages together. So they gave you a DIY project. They've been really good about an interactive, you-finish-this-story element to their work. That's why I found the Underscore World era so symbolic for them. Like, literally, they're letting us fill in the blank. TXT also made us feel personally invested in their work with their packaging. The name chapter Eternity came with this lock and key and a diary format. So a real diary with a lock and key came with it. They've also had cool duality, like with the Minisode series. The Minisode 1 album has this really cute pastel, retro, digitized, pixelated vibe and cute stickers to go with it. Minisode 2, quite a contrast with the dark colors, dark photo shoot. And that one came with an enormous amount of bonuses. The bonus pullouts, so many different mini pieces. Plus their work has come with gorgeous Starseekers Webtoon themed artwork. 
Of course, I also have to say a personal favorite is their Name Chapter Temptation photo book. It's really beautiful, the outdoor, angelic nature photos they took in their special Neverland, the way they start off the book with a quote from Peter Pan. I did several episodes about that album because of how blown away I was with the concept, and the photo book also ties into the whole story. Really powerful, sweeping storytelling. And Hyphen have done that too, tying their webtoon story with their vampire characters into the order of Dimension Answer. So your copy of Dimension Answer comes with your invite to Desolus Academy, the night school where their vampires go, their characters in the webtoon. Also, that album comes with so many photo cards, so you don't have to just hope you get your bias in the one or two you get. No, you get all of them. At least I did. So 17-TXT, oh, I also have to mention, one of 17's best works is an ode because they named an edition the Hope Edition. So I have a 17 album personalized with my name. I'm touched. Number four, I have to say, Red Velvet. They had a cute birthday cake theme for the Reve Festival birthday era. The CDs came in these tins with cake prints on them, like you were giving your neighbors a Christmas cookie gift or something. They also had a cool orgel version of the Feel My Rhythm album. So it looked like a music box, and you could get a different member in each copy looking like a little stand-up in a music box. Number five, Oh My Girl. They have a very literally playful trend, like it's time for a game. The banana era, the redeeming trait of it, I will say, is the Game Boy theme. It looked like a Game Boy. They also had a board game theme for nonstop. It looked like a board game, and inside the poster looked kind of like your instruction guide, and a game piece came with every copy. Number six, ONF. They had this cool diary for storage of ONF, thematically perfect, and We Must Love came like a special, special delivery in a giant envelope. So they definitely make their releases feel like a very personal invite. Number seven, New Jeans. Like I said in the episode called All Things New Jeans, Min Hee Jin, the creator of the group who guided their OG creative direction, has this work motto, the music is the concept, that nowadays people don't just hear but see their music. So she viewed it as worth putting a lot of care into the visual aspect of a release. And she was saying as early as 2010, CDs were on their way out unless they really tried to stay relevant with some cute extra way to make the music seen, not just heard. So that's when New Jeans did. Their self-titled release for a limited time had that super cute bag version. So you could get your CD in like a literal bag. So you basically got a free purse with your order. Number eight, Espa. They've had so many cool versions of their albums. They've had the S minis too. They've also had just so many versions of like My World. You could get the magazine version, the zine or the tabloid version, the bias specific ones, close up pictures of each of them, poster versions, so many throwback concepts. Like what version of Tiger Beat magazine will you check out today? That's kind of what they went with. There's so many other cool formats. I just want to run through real quick some of the most standout memorable ones. Others have done metal tins like Red Velvet, got Seven's debut as a star-shaped metal tin, NCT Dream's candy release came in one with paper ornaments in it to go with the Christmas theme. Six Rules by Psy looked like a can of tuna and it had special artwork and lyric cards for each song inside. 
Big Bang's Alive album was made of real metal, so I guess it can rust? Anyone who bought Alive in its original metal form, please verify with me it rusted like it was real metal. There have been some VHS tape, cassette-inspired ones, FX's pink tape, there was a floppy disk and a VHS version of Key's Gasoline. Some have been comic book-esque, there was Pentagon's anime-style makeover for Lover Take, the lore-heavy comic book for EXO's The Power of Music, B1A4's Who I Am, Look Like a Magazine, Extinary Heroes Hello World is in a spiral-bound notebook. Sometimes they work with playing cards, like One Us's Trickster really leaned into that poker game concept. TVXQ's Spellbound album came with a photo book that kind of doubled as a playing card deck. If you put together your versions of Quantum Leap by X1, put the two next to each other and you've got a, an interesting optical illusion type effect. DPR Ian's Mito album changes color as it heats up. It has this holographic image, too, that you can see of his alter ego named Mido. Like, the evil alter ego is burning with rage before your eyes. Really brought it to life. Zion T brought quite a story to life, too, with OO. The round case it came in was kind of a cross between, like, your movie memorabilia collection and, like, a game of Clue you were unboxing. It's hard to explain, but if you got that Zion T album, you got this round container with a bunch of miscellaneous pieces in it. It was like you were in your attic discovering old stuff you had left up there for decades. I don't know. You could play detective, basically. Itzy's Crazy in Love album came in a giant pizza box. Teon Shalala was not super abnormal, but I just want to bring it up because it is physically huge. Both the album and the actual giant poster. That is one of the biggest posters you will ever get in a K-pop album. Actually, that could also be an award won by Taemin for Advice. That album poster is wall-covering. Now let's talk cup sleeves. The special sleeves you get when you attend an in-person event, a get-together among fans, often for a favorite idol's birthday or other special celebration, but sometimes the theme is more seasonal, more about an anniversary of a milestone or a celebration of a ship, a friendship we love. Different themes, often than the cup sleeve and activities and decorations, are all based on that theme. Basically coffee shop, boba shop type birthday party meetups of a kind, like a social gathering, meets a birthday party. Really fun and sweet. They really have taken off in the U.S., especially over the last decade. They did start in Seoul and spread across Asia specifically for women to meet other women because they were bonding over K-pop online and then they wanted a physical in-person chance to meet each other. I'm curious, so let me know your experiences, but yeah, I have seen these events skew female with their attendance. But anyway, more on cup sleeves. I talked about quite a bit actually in my KCON episode, recapping KCON, because of the panel discussion I went to that was about people who lead these events. And they talked about the enormous amount of planning, time, and money they put into these gatherings. Such a cool way to strengthen your sense of pride in calling yourself a fan and your connections to other fans. They also can really help local businesses that you partner with. Maybe to help you make the freebies, maybe vendors that offer special themed drinks or treats. But it really is a good way to promote the group and local businesses of all kinds. 
There are plenty more types of K-pop merch. Posters, stickers, special plushies and stuff to go with animated alter egos, like in the case of Stray Kids, BTS. The signs, of course, that fans hold up during shows, those banners. That's a very fun collection to have. Wristbands, pins, buttons, t-shirts, a ton of fan-made pieces. Quite a lot of cool small businesses started up by fans who make bracelets or Lomo cards, hats, water bottles, you name it. What's interesting to me, actually, though, is that I've not seen tons of dolls become popular. BTS, of course, has the Barbies and the Funkos, but many K-pop stars, I think, it's a little strange they don't have doll forms of themselves. Seems like a missed opportunity. While we're talking about dolls, though, here's a fun trivia fact for you. Who was the first celebrity to ever get their own Barbie doll in their likeness? Twiggy. How many of you guessed right? Now I want to predict what the future of K-pop merch might look like, slash kind of speak into existence some things I hope get taken into consideration. So part prediction, part pitch here for what companies should do with their merch. I wouldn't be surprised if, as the number of groups keeps growing so much, they go for more creative ways of defining group colors. Because at first, when maybe 10 tops groups debuted in a year, as opposed to literally over 100, it was easier to be like, our fandom color is this color. But now with so many groups, people have gotten creative. Twice and 17 were some early adopters of multiple colors to go with their identity. Ha Sun Moon actually has three, so I think we will see more multicolored fandom color brands and just maybe more creative answers like rainbow and polka dots. Yeah, it counts, or it will. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the DIY fun of light sticks and such was turned into some marketable thing. Like if companies, knowing about the way people decorate their light sticks, try to sell it back to us like, buy this album and it comes with its own bedazzler or keychain making kit or something like that. I bet more will follow in the footsteps of Treasure, NCT Dream, these artists who go with Forest Stewardship Council FSC-approved, eco-friendly, supposedly, packaging, if not for the genuine desire for the good PR. I bet more will have a comic book or webtoon tie-in in in the future. More artists, period. Not just all the hybrid artists with their series, but you've got NCT now with their Z2 comic series. And I bet in the future, there will be more of that. More artists with webtoon alter egos, because then you get a whole bonus merch line potential there for those animated selves. I would love more vampire-esque aesthetics in future N-hyphen albums. Like, really lean into it. I'm talking, like, give fake fangs and a cape in the order. Like, give me cosplay stuff, give me campy elements to the photo shoots. Really go all out for that theme. Halloween year-round, it would be a hit. I would also love an album that focuses back on the always-in-style trend of going for a nostalgic vibe. Like, real nostalgic. Mood rings. Pet rocks. Give me something really fun from a past era with my album purchase. That would really sell me on some of this. I also would love albums with discounts in them. Like you buy this and you get a 25% off your next order coupon or something. Or maybe make it a scavenger hunt. Find the hidden QR code in the photo book and you get the discount unlocked. That helps the artist web traffic, social media buzz, and makes you want to come buy more from them, not a knockoff seller.
And I mean, SM Entertainment should do that, but not in the way they have before where it's like, this weekend, 5% off this sticker, but nothing else. Or everything in our shop except this list of 10 things. Anyway... These are just what I hope for. Obviously, there are tons of supply chain, logistical, material hurdles that could prevent my ideas from coming to fruition, but ideas worth considering nonetheless, and you heard them here first. Lastly, I want to talk for a second about how cool I think it is, this fandom activity tapping into this sense of collectivism, this communal identity. In South Korea, I'll link to some reading about this on my site, it's really interesting how they they have terms for collective feelings. And as someone in the U.S., a place where individuality and autonomy are prioritized, I would argue too much to the extent where collectivism is viewed as kind of a weird in the minority mentality. It's refreshing for me to hear about this value of we're stronger if we help each other, that solidarity There's Han as a term for a type of grief or resentment felt as a group. Jun referring to a sense of shared love for something or a shared sense of attachment. There's Nunchi, which is a valued skill, this interpersonal skill, this intuition. The ability to read people who you're interacting with well. So terms like that to refer to people being on the same page of something, I just find that really cool. That recognition of the shared human emotions we all have. That's why fandom culture is so cool. It does not deserve your ridicule. It deserves your appreciation. Although it can be used sometimes, like with the Black Oceans, in ways I would argue might not be the best way to handle disappointments. It is really worth stopping to be amazed by the collective power of K-pop fans when they all team up, put their heads together to do something based on a very, very shared root feeling. I'll leave you with that to think about. Thank you all so much for tuning in, as always, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!